It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brian Peacock. Thanks, everybody, for joining me today on this Rapid React, breaking down the Week 7 matchup with the Dallas Cowboys, which was an ugly, ugly loss by the 49ers. The worst performance of the year to date, 40-10 to 10 was the final, and uh, that was with the Cowboys really ramping it down for most of the fourth quarter and uh, putting in the backups. That That's really... Oh, man, we're going to get to that at the end of the game. But when the other team's putting in their backups and you still have your starters in the game and they're still beating you, that is a bad look. And that's what happened at the very end of this football game. You can follow me on Twitter at BDPeacock. Email the show, LockedOn49ers at Gmail. We're on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, everywhere you can find podcasts. You can find us. Rate and review the show. That always helps. We're giving away PFF memberships here. Uh, just rate and review on iTunes to get that. Thank you, everybody who has been rating and reviewing on iTunes. And, and just thanks to all the listeners out there. Been getting a ton of feedback and uh, been having fun doing this podcast. 49ers content daily, even though no W's to show for the 49ers so far this year. Some frustrations really felt it on my Twitter timeline during the football game. Uh, earlier today so um yeah that's some some fans kind of get, getting upset and uh not and wondering what the heck's going on here and this game could have gone one of two ways either the 49ers could have you know when you when you lose five games in a row by three points or less and it's the first time it's been done in NFL history when you do that and modern history I should say there were some really ugly low scoring games back in the day but um when you do that you know it can go one of two ways. You can develop, and those losses by just a few points becomes win become wins by just a few points, or become wins by a lot of points. Or it can go the other direction, which is what happened here. The latter part of that is that the 49ers uh, didn't play close and got blown out. And look, it's a young team, tons of turnover. It, you expect some losses, but when it actually when it's happening. It's. I think I've felt a lot of frustration for 49ers fans today, and so we'll get into what I saw here with this game. Give out some game balls. There's still some game balls to give away, and look at what the 49ers can improve going into Week 8, which is a really tough matchup. Again, going back to the East Coast, 10 a.m. start time in Philadelphia for Week 8, and then things get a lot easier for the 49ers schedule-wise throughout the rest of the season, and they'll have a bye coming up in Week 11, so... This is the last hump of really, I think, difficult games. That there's there's some other tough games down the stretch, but I think there's a clear line after this Week Eight matchup in Philadelphia that I think the season gets a lot easier, and I think the 49ers will put together a win or two down the stretch. Uh, but right now, if you bet the under on four and a half wins, that was the preseason total in Vegas. You might be looking pretty good right now. It's going to be hard for this team to win four games the way they played on Sunday. All right, so let's go ahead and 
start in the first quarter. Actives, inactives, Ruben Foster active, starting at middle linebacker, which had me excited, had a lot of people excited. Unfortunately, again, like week one, didn't turn out to be a game-long level of excitement for Ruben Foster. And inactives in this game, Kyle Juszczyk, fullback. Again, 49ers going without a fullback in this one, and I think it hurt him. And I think think next week, if Kyle Juszczyk is out again, they got to bring up Tyler McCloskey. Uh, I think he's still in the practice squad, or maybe he's just sitting around uh, on the couch somewhere. But they got to have a fullback in there, and they they had some H back stuff going in this game with tight ends. Just you got to have that option. You got to be able to run the ball in short yardage situations. And I don't know. I, f- I feel like they're they're kind of missing that piece of their offense from a, a pass protection perspective and a run blocking perspective. Let's uh, see who else were the other inactives. Aaron Lynch not active in this one. Eric Magnuson, Victor Bolden, in a surprising move actually, they went with Raheem Mostert as the kick returner in this one, and uh, Victor Bolden was inactive. Peter Tamoi Pinu inactive. Mark Zacha, oh man, I always forget how to pronounce his name. He was inactive, and uh, defensive back Dexter McCoyle also inactive in this game. So to start the game, Niners D forces a three and out. That's uh, you know that's the way you want to start it. The 49ers defense. Had done a bad job in initial drives on the season. They forced a three and out. Buckner batted a pass to the line of scrimmage. Foster moving around pretty well. Did not look 100% to me out of the out of the gate. Slight limp. Didn't look like he had full range of motion in that ankle. And when he was trying to turn the corner on the third down blitz, he was coming off the edge. And it, it just didn't look like he had that ability to turn around the corner on that ankle. So, um, yeah, and... And he did end up getting hurt later in the game again. And I don't know if it's his playing style or what, or just bad luck. But uh, unfortunately, he keeps getting dinged up. Eric Reed in, and I wrote here, he was in at dime linebacker on all three plays. And, and they did throw some wide receivers out there. They were going three wide earlier in the game. The uh, the Cowboys were. But uh, then later in the game, I realized, no, Eric Reed was just playing straight up linebacker in this game, which was a surprising development. And we had talked about on this podcast before, I think Nick and I were talking about how, what do you do? You, you want to get the best 11 guys on the field, and you have three safeties in Ward, Tart, and Eric Reed that are all part of the best 11. We were thinking maybe you put Tart and Reed at safety and, and move Ward back to corner, and that's something that I think is still on the table for the 49ers to do this season with the way their cornerbacks are playing. But uh, no, and instead they're, they were just going with Eric Reed playing a lot of linebacker in this game. I don't have, let's see, do I have the numbers? No, I don't have the... Uh, the numbers, and maybe I can find those in a, in a second, but um, I don't have the snap totals. But yeah, Eric Reed was in there a lot at linebacker. So, 49ers, three and out. Good job. Way to start the game. They get the ball back. Let's let's do this, right? Trent Taylor, no. Fumbles the punt return. I, it looked like he was maybe switching hands with the ball, and he didn't quite have it secured. That's why it came out. But, man, that's, you know, you're losing games by just a little bit. And at this point, I was thinking... You know, this is why you lose games by a little bit. Turnovers, given another team that's a pretty good team, the ball in the red zone right off the bat. But it turns out it, this game wasn't going to be something that was won by the little things. Uh, but it gives the Cowboys the ball there at the 20-yard line. Cowboys quickly take advantage and plunge it in. Zeke, 14-yard run, then a 5-yard run, then a 1-yard touchdown run. That put the Cowboys up 7 nothing, and uh, that would be a theme throughout this game. Zeke Elliott ran all over the 49ers in this game. Run defense really took a step back from from being much improved over last season. Niners get the ball back. Bethard misses 
long for Pierre Garçon, trying to go deep on a third and nine play, so that would be a three and out and a punt right back to the Cowboys. Ryan Switzer on the jet sweep, like Landon McCool, my guest last week in the Dallas Cowboys preview game, he warned us about that, and uh, that was featured early by the Cowboys and didn't see a lot of Ryan Switzer aside from special teams after that, but uh, yeah, Landon McCool, good call there on the Ryan Switzer running play. 49ers bring a pressure again on third and seven. Solomon Thomas and Eric Reed hit Dak, but Rashard Robinson called for pass interference. Thought it was, you know, thought it was good coverage, but the ball hung up and he didn't get his head around. And 49ers still the most penalized team in the NFL. It'd be a theme in this game for Rashard Robinson. And just like that, the Cowboys are across midfield near field goal range. 49ers can't get off the field on third down. Jason Witten moves the chains. Tony McDaniel with the sack for the 49ers. It was a coverage sack, but McDaniel getting a lot of run just signed by the Niners. Uh, Dak held the ball and couldn't find anywhere to go. Sack undone, though, by, guess what, defensive holding by, you guessed it, Rashard Robinson. He was all over Terrence Williams, holding him for no reason. Just bad. And at this point, it was like, look, you've got to get Rashard Robinson out of the game. Mental mistakes and PI and just bad technique. Something's going on with Rashard Robinson, and he's regressing instead of progressing in this scheme. You thought he'd get a lot better. And you know, just mental mistakes, not jamming guys at the line. He's in bumper on coverage, not getting any jam and altering any routes at the line of scrimmage. I'm not sure what's going on there and if the coaches are frustrated with him yet, but um, it might be time to see a lot more of Akella Witherspoon. And maybe, like I mentioned earlier, maybe it is time to get Ward back in there at corner and get those two safeties going, and then you can bring Ray Ray Armstrong in at linebacker. Uh, at, th- at that point, you're asking your question, do you want Ray Ray at linebacker or Rashard Robinson at corner? And Rashard Robinson just not playing well. I believe he was the lowest-graded player in this game by PFF, a lot because of those... Uh, because of those penalties, yeah, about a 31.8 grade for Rashard Robinson by PFF in this grade. Again, not gospel by the PFF grades, but yeah, it just goes back to what you saw with your eyes during the game. Yep, Rashard Robinson definitely had really just a bad game for the Niners. Then, Zeke Elliott, 25-yard touchdown run. Lyle Collins really cleared out Reuben Foster on that play. And uh, that Dallas O-line still good. They played very good in this game. They, they did the best job of any team this year against the 49ers defensive line, I think. And the route is on, basically, at this point. Early in the first quarter, it's already 14-0. 49ers start to fire an offense a little bit on the next drive. Carlos Hyde, a big first down run. Play action bootleg to the right. Bethard finds Marquise Goodwin moving the sticks again. Bethard showing off some athleticism. Scrambles for another first down down the left sideline. Takes the Niners into field goal range. And the drive would stall there. Robbie Gould, 42-yard field goal, 14-3. 49ers get a stop on D. They start from the 9-yard line. Bethard finds Marquise Goodwin. Deep dig route between the safeties. Good throw, good catch. Goodwin tacks on more yardage after the catch. For a second, I thought he might just turn on the Jets and and roll all the way in the end zone on that one, but gets the 49ers past midfield. Uh, Next play, Bethard, not the next play, but a couple plays later, Bethard holds on to the ball too long on third down. Gets sacked and quickly again end of the drive 49ers cannot keep drives alive getting first downs has been just a grind for the 49ers really all season no matter who the quarterback is uh but you know Bethard has done a better job than Hoyer that's for sure next drive for the Cowboys Des Bryant makes a catch on the comeback route uh catch was overturned on review but the key to this play was that Richard Robinson was hurt Akella Witherspoon then comes in the game and you know it might be a good thing I wrote here in my notes uh the way Robinson's playing at the moment might be good to get him off the field, look from the sidelines, let Akella Witherspoon get in there a little bit. So that brings you to the second quarter. 
And there you go. Ruben Foster introduces himself to Zeke Elliott. That's the play I'd hope to see more often in this game. He stoned Zeke Elliott behind the line of scrimmage, crushed him for a loss of one yard. Des Bryant would make a catch on a slant route for 12 yards so to get him the first down. And this is this this is the story of the game, really, is the Cowboys just came up with plays whenever they need him. Running, passing, whatever. 49ers, it's just so hard. It's like pulling teeth to try to get a drive together and get down and put points on the board. 49ers cornerbacks just doing a bad job of pressing receivers. This time it was Dante Johnson on that Des Bryant slant route. He's up on Des like he's going to press him at the line and just does nothing to disrupt the route. And Des takes a step to the left and then runs a slant route to the right. And no shot for Dante Johnson there. And it was a quick 12-yard gain and a first down for the Cowboys. Then Dak to Dez again on Witherspoon this time, opposite side of the field. Back shoulder throw. Witherspoon was in pretty good position on the sideline, but again, doesn't find the ball like Robinson did earlier. Uh, Let's Dez make the catch without too much difficulty. That was a 27-yard gain. And then Jason Witten makes a ridiculous one-handed catch in the end zone. Great coverage this time by Tart on the play, but you know, just a perfect throw and a great catch by Witten there, and that's just a longtime veteran tight end that's probably going to end up in the Hall of Fame, uh, getting a great throw by his quarterback, beating good coverage. Cowboys go for two, which at the time, I'm thinking, what the heck's going on here? Incomplete pass, so 20-3 to score, and then you find out when they go out to kick the kickoff, okay, Dallas kicker Dan Bailey is out for the game with an injury, so Jeff Heath, a safety, handling the kickoff, and he would be handling the kicking duties for the rest of the game. And not a bad kick. He kicks it down to the one-yard line, that was uh, then muffed by Raheem Mostert, who picks it up after that, takes it to about the 15-yard line. So the 49ers can't even take advantage of a safety kicking the ball for the Cowboys in this game. 49ers suddenly can't run the ball either. It was one of the things that was working early in the season. Height averaged, what, two yards per carry last week, uh, 2.8 on 11 carries so far in this game in the second quarter. Matt Breida was at two carries for two yards. Then Bethard finds Kittle on a Texas route coming out of an H-back position, sort of an out-and-in route, almost a slantish looking thing. Interesting route. I love this. Dude, run Kittle on that route all day long. I love this play. Uh, but that would be it. Again, drive stalls and a punt. Niners D forces a three and out. The offense can't put together a drive and get some points. It won't matter. And there's about four minutes to play at this point in the half. Kyle Shanahan gone tied in heavy the past couple of drives. Logan Paulson on the field a lot. And by the way, when did Logan Paulson get re-signed by the 49ers? Totally, totally missed that one. I remember when they cut him and then he's back on the field, got in there a lot. A lot of the tight ends got some run in this game. I think maybe that was a function of not having a fullback. Uh, Bethard, an ill-advised throw with defenders draped all over him, throws it up for Goodwin, who somehow makes the catch. Uh, Could have easily been picked, both the DB and Goodwin coming back to the ball that was kind of punted up to the two of them. But uh, Goodwin would make the catch. Nice play by him. Carlos Hyde breaks off a 12-yard run, running over defenders on that play. Niners really needed this drive at this point in the game before the half just to prove that they could do something offensively. Brita runs for three yards, fumbles the ball, and that came out way too easy. But he recovered his own fumble, so no harm there. But Brita, come on, Rook. you got to tighten it up there. You can't be putting the ball on the ground. Garcon out route for six yards. Hyde powers through for two yards and a first down. Hyde another big run. Inside zone, inside zone play out of the shotgun. Little zone read look for 16 yards. Hyde suddenly averaging 5.3 yards per carry after averaging about 2 yards per carry a couple drives ago. 49ers go empty in the red zone. Demarcus Lawrence beats Joe Staley. Bethard hit and fumbles. Strip sack here by Demarcus Lawrence. 
Cowboys recover, and just another costly turnover. So when you're doing things great, still find a way to screw this up. Just this, that nothing went right for the 49ers in this game. Bethard holding the ball too long on that play, uh, as he did a few times last week, and as he did sometimes when I watched him at Iowa. It's a thing I talked about with Ted Wynn last week, and he's got to have a, a, a quick, he's got to speed up that internal clock. Uh, but but that play was on Staley. I mean, Bethard could have got the ball out quicker. And when you go empty in the red zone, you got to be getting the ball out quick. But that was on Staley, who was beaten soundly by Lawrence off the edge. And red zone turnovers, man, they're unacceptable. Bethard hit as he threw in the red zone last week, but the ball floated incomplete in the end zone. This time it, it becomes a turnover. And it's something I talked about and something he's got to clean up because it's pretty obvious. Bethard is definitely holding the ball too long. And he's getting pressured too easily. So it's a combination of things. Last week or this whole season while Hoyer has been playing, he got rid of the ball faster than any quarterback in the league. And now Bethard is definitely not that guy getting the ball out nearly as fast as Hoyer was. So it makes the pass rush look better. And in turn, they're working together. The, the pass protection has not been good for Bethard in this game. And at the same time, Bethard holding the ball too long. So it's just, it's creating way too much pressure. I think he was pressured on 19 of 40, whatever, 45 dropbacks or whatever he had, which is just way too many. So Cowboys run out the clock on the first half, and that would be 20-3. to three. And at this point, still coming out of halftime, you're thinking, look, this is not insurmountable. When C.J. Beathard entered the game last week, they had a 17-point lead, and they also came back and won the darn game. So it, it's definitely not over at this point. It was looking like it could be a blowout, and it would become a blowout. But 23 at halftime, the, the 49ers are still in the game, and they had an opportunity to do some things. Um, and dude, and I, I, I should have mentioned this at the top, but Dwight Clark day, and it was really cool to see all of Dwight Clark, not all of them, but a lot of Dwight Clark's old teammates and just an outpouring of affection for Dwight Clark. But man, a pretty sobering moment at halftime. And I watched the speech and it was like, it was a tearjerker to see how, to see Dwight Clark's health and how much it's deteriorated. And, uh, he, man, he held it together and he, he put together an awesome speech and thanked everybody, and you saw Eddie D next to him, who just could not keep it together. Man, that was tough. And I wonder if I wonder what the and I would like to hear from you guys. What was it like in the crowd at Levi's Stadium for for that game? Because I think it could have been a situation where you rally and you see something like that, and maybe I mean the players are in the locker room, so they're not watching that speech. But for the fans, it's like okay, yeah, and you know, got a huge round of applause after that speech. It was kind of awesome. But then the scoreboard is not in your favor. And the 49ers come out and lay an egg in the second half. And it had to be sort of a bummer of a vibe. And, man, I, I was watching that speech at halftime. And I was just, I was, it was tough, man. It was brutal watching him and how fast this ALS thing has hit Dwight Clark. And, uh, man, it's rough. And so I would definitely uh, ask everybody and anybody who would like to donate to ALS research, you can go to the ALS Association online. That is ALSA.org. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. 
So on to the second half of this football game. Bethard comes out firing, finds Garcon to the 44-yard line. Carlos Hyde runs for nine yards. Bethard, keeper for the first down. Another first down throw, this time to Garrett Selleck. 49ers have a fourth and three at this point from the Dallas 28. Again, just quickly into field goal range, and that's what you like to see, coming out of the half with a plan and executing. Shanny goes for it on fourth down. I think it's a good call, looking at the scoreboard and you know fighting for momentum in this game. Bethard looks for Kendrick Bourne on a slant. DB ran all over Bourne's back well before the ball arrived. No P.I. call, of course, 49ers. Not on the good side of flags, really, this whole season. And uh, they've been creating their own penalties. But even when it was, you know, a 50-50 call or even like this where it's straight-up P.I. call. Nope. No flag. And a turnover on downs. Unbelievable 72-yard catch and run would ensue. And, of course, you go for it on fourth down, trying to get the momentum and capture it. But you don't get it. And that just goes out the window. And this was the beginning of the end of the game early in the third quarter, and the route was definitely on here. 72-yard catch and run by Zeke Elliott down the right sideline. The 49ers didn't even look interested in tackling Zeke Elliott on that play. It was crazy. And then Jeff Heath, we we talked about him earlier. Uh, He's in to kick the extra point. They don't even go for two now. They're like, they're going to let their safety kick the ball. And it was good. Off the upright and through. And uh, at this point, it's about the funnest thing that happened in the football game. Really just a piss-poor attempt to tackle Zeke on that play. It's something I can't get over. 27-3, the score at that point. And fans were on, fans were jumping ship. And some people got mad at me online and on Twitter for saying it. But, man, fans started leaving the stadium. You could tell it started to get very empty at this point. On Twitter, people were like, nope, I'm done. I'm turning this game off. What's going on? And really started to to bail out on the Niners at this point. I know you get mad and it's like, look, I've got things to do in my life. I can go play with my kids. I can go mow the lawn. I can do some other things rather than watch this bad football game and this bad performance for my team. That doesn't mean you're a bad fan, but I get it. You know, that's the team puts together such a poor effort. I understand fans that want to do something else with the rest of their Sunday and, and save another hour of watching bad football. I totally get that. I think a lot of people did that today and it's up to, and, and it can happen to the players too. So this is, a huge moment for Kyle Shanahan. I'll get you into the more of this later, but yeah, you got to keep the team together here, keep progressing, keep developing, and not let things snowball and just let the season get out of hand. So, um, Ruben Foster down on the field, <laughs> which continued to add to the bad vibes here. He was tackling Zeke Elliott, went down, not a good development. Although he's able to walk off the field and Foster would come back on the next play, he was holding his side or his back, which turned out to be a rib injury. And not major, thankfully. Uh, he would come back in the next play, and maybe they should have left him out because he would end up getting hurt a little bit later. And Trent Brown, I believe it was the same, around the same time, ends up walking to the locker room. He had a concussion, so he would go into concussion protocol. Meanwhile, Cowboys are driving down the field. Zeke for 14 more yards. He did whatever he wanted to in this game. He's already over 100 yards at this point, rushing and closing in on 200 yards from scrimmage in the game. And again, we're maybe halfway through the third quarter. Dak Prescott takes it in himself on a QB draw. That would put the Cowboys up 33-3. to Reuben Foster down again on the field. He's in pain. Looked like he was in more pain this time. And holding again that looked like lower rib area on the backside. And there was no reason at this point for him to be in the ballgame anymore. And he would leave the field for good at that point. Uh, doesn't look serious. We'll, we'll find out exactly on Monday what his deal is, and uh, but you know, and I love Ruben Foster. He's trying to play through it. We got to be smart. 
keep him out of the game, and I, I hope he's not out for an extended period of time again with another injury, just a freak injury that's not, so, I mean, he's not a brittle guy. I, I, I mean, I don't think he's a brittle guy, but it just, man, these injuries are mounting up for Ruben Foster, and it's, it's kind of a bummer because you want to see him going full speed. I want to see him out there. He's a huge part of this team going forward, and a lot of hope for, for the fans is, is seeing Ruben Foster out there. So, Bethard, back to Bethard, holding the ball too long again, holding the ball, holding the ball, hit by Jalen Smith on a, on a blitz, sort of a delayed blitz. Uh, he would fumble, and that would be another turnover for the 49ers. Look, he doesn't have time to, to drop back and, and hold on to the ball. And when he is holding on to the ball, there's a play where he ran into trouble. It's just, oh, man, the, the combination of the pass protection breaking down in this game and Beathard holding on to the ball too long really just created massive problems for the passing game. And then came reports of unrest on the sidelines. This is from Matt Miyoko saying that Ray Ray Armstrong and Tart and some other players appeared to be jawing at each other on the field in the bench. And the players after the game tried to squash that and say there was nothing big happening there, but definitely some frustration by the 49ers on the sideline. So on to the fourth quarter. You hope the 49ers can hold it together in a court in the fourth quarter of a game after, you know, during a blowout loss where they're obviously pretty much out of this game. You already see some some fighting on the sideline. And it's gonna be big, it's gonna be a big thing for both Robert Sala and really the entire coaching staff, but especially Kyle Shanahan. Look, this is a guy that's offensive coordinator. He's deep in the offense. He's gotta hold this team together, offense, defense, special teams, and not let this this season slip away completely still has a lot of development to do with this team going forward we're only seven weeks in here des bryant toe tapping touchdown catch in the back of the end zone on richard robinson and cowboys pouring it on at this point 40 to 3 the score robinson and adrian colbert looked confused before the snap on that play then robinson throwing his helmet on the sideline and very upset about something and i don't know if it was at colbert or just mad at himself but, man, yeah, things falling apart in this game for the 49ers in the fourth quarter. Carlos Hyde up the middle for 12 yards. Carlos Hyde's still balling out. Bethard throws late and inside on an out route to Kendrick Bourne. Anthony Brown picks the ball off, but he was called for holding before that. And so that would bring the uh, the interception back. But not a great throw by by Bethard there. Not, I'm not seeing a lot of zip by Bethard on, on some of those deep outs and, and some really NFL tough throws. That's something to monitor, too, for, for Bethard's upside going forward is is he does he i mean he's a pretty athletic guy and i think he's smart and he's definitely tough uh getting up from from every time he's been hit so far and same thing in college i mean that's the thing that kyle shanahan always talked about him he's tough he's definitely a tough guy and he works hard but does he have the physical attributes that look forward be like yeah man this guy could be a starting nfl quarterback for a while Uh, i'm not so sure that's something to monitor the last you know nine weeks now of the season cole hickatini in the game he was in the game a little bit i saw number 83 on the field quite a bit uh, but he corrals his first career catch in the fourth quarter of this one for five yards. C.J. Bethard pulls a Dak and tucks it on what looked like a planned QB draw here. Maybe it was a one-read-and-go situation with an empty backfield in the red zone. Again, that was what happened on the uh, on the strip sack earlier in the game. They were empty. He held the ball too long. I think on this one, it was just it was either we're just going to do a delayed sort of quarterback draw, or I'm going to make one read if the guy I'm looking for with my pre-snap reads not there I'm going to tuck it and run and he ended up scoring his first rushing touchdown of the season from four yards out 40 to 10 49ers that would be the end of the scoring Cowboys have their own rookie quarterback and at this point it's the second string and some third stringers in there for the Cowboys 
taking over for Dak and the boys in garbage time. Cooper Rush, quarterback out of Central Michigan, a rookie. He would come in for the Cowboys. He promptly scampers for a first down play. Zeke Elliott out of the game as well. Backup running back Rod Smith in the game. He would break off a long run for 45 yards. And you're shaking your head at this point because this is the Dallas backups now gouging the 49ers starting D, which were all still in the game on that 45-yard run, uh, aside from Reuben Foster, who left the game earlier. So a bad look for the 49ers. Cowboys at this point would uh, just sit on the ball for the last few minutes of the game, showing mercy, thankfully, for uh, everybody watching and to the 49ers playing, and that would be pretty much the end of the game there. And 40-10 to 10 Cowboys would be the final 49ers fall to 0-7 on the season. So let's get to those game balls. Uh, I got to give a game ball to Jeff Heath. And I don't know what his background is. I should have probably looked that up before the episode, but he had to be a kicker at some point because impressive, impressive job. Um, he has the longest kick by a non-kicker since 1979. Impressive. Jeff, Jeff Heath, safety coming in and kicking for the Dallas Cowboys. Pretty cool story. Now, it, what's funny is if you're watching some, uh, you know, Late night highlight shows that are talking about this game. I bet they show Zeke Elliott, long touchdown, and they show Jeff Heath kicking the ball. And that will be the end of the highlights for this football game and not much 49ers highlights to talk about. I'm going to give a game ball to Carlos Hyde. He continued running the ball hard even when the 49ers were down 40-3 to in the fourth quarter. So props to Carlos Hyde playing hard. And unfortunately, Carlos Hyde, and even though his numbers at the end of this game look pretty good, uh, he had a pretty good grade by PFF, but he's a really feaster famine runner. That's the way he's been throughout his career, and really, I think this year it's been even more so. He's either running for 12 yards or it's one yard or fewer. Not very many four or five yard runs for Carlos Hyde. It's just a weird style and weird results, and it doesn't make for um, it doesn't make for an offense that's really moving the chains because he gets that first down run and then he runs the ball again, and it's. You know, zero yards, one yard, maybe two yards. And then the 49ers can't move the ball. So uh, very inconsistent production from the 49ers passing offense and the running game, even when it gets going. It's, it's, it's you know, a few big plays from Carlos Hyde, then a, then a whole lot of nothing. Carlos Hyde, even though he's been a bright spot, I think, for the 49ers on the season, I wonder how interested the 49ers are in re-signing him and bringing him back. I, I get the feeling at this point that they're going to let Hyde test the market and they're not too worried about bringing him back to the 49ers. That's just completely a hunch, though. So, obviously, nah, those are the game balls. That's enough of that. Let's uh, talk about what the 49ers need to work on. Uh, the run defense, I don't know if this was an anomaly. They played against one of the better offensive lines in the league and one of the better running backs in the league. It was uh, it was a tough game. They definitely took a step back, and I think there was only one. The, the 49ers had the worst run defense in the history of, one of the worst run defenses in the history of the league. Worst ever for a 49ers team last season. And there was only one game where they were worse against the run last year than they were in this Week 7 game against the Cowboys. So that's how bad they were against the run. So they, they got to tighten that up. I think it was a matchup situation in all these away games. And, you know, rookie quarterback, they were set up to fail, I think, in this game. Hoping they could, they could you know, utilize those things and, and be something that, you know, maybe the, the Cowboys didn't know how to plan for. But, no, it definitely went the other direction. Let's see. Rashard Robinson, obviously, he's he needs to, to figure things out. He's getting worse and not better right now in this scheme. And so I don't know if he needs to sit down and that'll help him or if eventually he'll, he'll figure it out with more time on the field. But all the penalties he's getting, just bad technique, and he's not uh, he's not developing like, like most people hoped and like I thought he would 
in his second season. Kyle Shanahan, big challenge ahead for the head coach. He runs the risk of losing this team. You see a lot of frustration on the sideline. That That's a bad sign when you're getting blown out. And it's not about X's and O's right now, I think, for Kyle Shanahan, although that's an important part of his job. He's got to keep the locker room together in a lost season and continue to develop the players and uh, build a winning atmosphere in a losing season. And I don't know if that's even possible. <laughs> so it's a tough challenge ahead for Kyle Shanahan. So we'll monitor that going forward for sure. All right, that's going to do it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Be back tomorrow. Let's do a mailbag. Uh, We're going to do the over-under segment, which was fun last week, so let's do that again, and then a regular mailbag. Any old questions you have about the 49ers or life, send them my way on Twitter at BDPeacock via email, LockedOn49ers at Gmail. You can hit me up on the Facebook page as well. And I've already got a couple of mailbags. The the first mailbag question came in at halftime in this game. Some some frustrated fans, so I think it, it should be a pretty fun mailbag segment on Tuesday's episode. All right, I'll talk to you guys then right here on Locked On 49ers. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.